Blog Talk Radio. everyone I was listening for the last part of the song and daydreaming (laughs) hello to our friends and family around our beloved planet in almost every country around the world and a special hello to everyone who will be listening to the archive call welcome to Dr. Catherine May's blog talk radio program channel panel today is Sunday October 5th 2014 Today's show is our Ascension and Healing Training Call with Catherine, Sananda, and our loving Arcturian friends, amazing healers and their beautiful ships. This is your co-host, Meg Davis, calling in from the greater Atlanta area in Georgia. And our host, Catherine, is calling in from her beautiful home in High Falls, New York. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Meg. Hi. Hello, everybody. I was I was listening to the rest for that rest of the song and just off daydreaming oh. with things. <laughs> <laughs> what a voice! <laughs> oh, it's mesmerizing. Well, the reason I played that song this morning was because it's been playing in my head all morning long, and one 
has let me know that that is the theme song that I will hear when one wants to talk with us or with me. So I, after I'd heard it for the <laughs> third or fourth time, I said, oh, I'm supposed to ask you what you want to say. And, <laughs> um, and what one said was, I want you to play that song on the radio today and make sure everybody listens to the lyrics. And earlier, Meg had a funny comment. She said, it's as if they wrote that song knowing that we were going to play it in 2014. (laughs) And it's just perfect. It is. So about a billion years ago, it started. I didn't get the recording off quick enough, so say those first lyrics that we missed out loud, Catherine. Oh, I, it's something about um, a long time ago, a billion years or more. Um, I don't know. Spirit figured out this plan. <laughs> it's what yes. the real meaning of it is. Yes. Yeah, that we would learn, and we would. We have to learn that. Not only are there showers, but there are pennies from heaven every time you see the rain. There's something good that comes with it. So that's really what they've been talking to us about for quite a long time. But we should introduce ourselves. So I'm Catherine May, and I will... We sh- we probably should be doing this the other way around. That you introduce me and I introduce you, but that's okay. Okay. I'll no, start that's with okay. you. Okay, I've got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever you want to do first. Okay. So I'll introduce Catherine, Dr. Catherine May, and Catherine's website is whoneedslight.org. And on this amazing website, you can find her book, Who Needs Light, um, which is an amazing book talking about the visual centering and also moving through childhood issues, which we're going to talk a little bit about, too, as far as um, genetics and things like that. So that'll be interesting. And you can also find Sananda's new scriptures on there, as well as her messages from Mother, Father, God, and many of the masters going back several years. And also our, um, any tour dates where Catherine and her team are traveling are always on her website. And then we also have a Facebook page run by and managed by Gabriella and her amazing administration team, Healing for Ascension Tour, where that's the first place along with Catherine's website, that the new messages are always posted. So you can get those right away. A little quicker if you go on her website and sign up to receive the messages at whoneedslight.org. You'll get those right as she finishes. And depending on whether it's 3 a.m., when she posts them, Gabriella will post them when she wakes up (laughs) at a normal time (laughs) on the Healing for Ascension Tour page. And for those of us who are anxious to share our experiences with working with all the amazing information that we're given in the messages, we have a personal Facebook page called Healing for Ascension Tour Group where we can get to know each other 
and work with the information that comes through the messages and through Catherine's book on our own training for ascension. Gabriella loves to call it the master class, and it really is, and we are becoming masters in message. So very exciting. And I think that's mm-hmm. my part, Catherine. <laughs> Thanks, Meg. Okay, so Meg Davis is not only our co-host, she's also um, our in-house expert on alternative medicine and various techniques that have to do with um, nutrition, acupuncture, and Chinese medicine. And that that's just a description of a small range of what she has studied and um, developed expertise in. So as she mentioned, today we're going to talk about um, genetics. It's one of my favorite bugaboos, actually, about the way scientific research is done these days. So Meg has also offered us something just wonderful, and that is that when people have individual difficulties that they're struggling with and they're aware of what we've been talking about these last months on the radio show, which is nutrition and taking command of your own bodies and your own health, There are many folks who've become so immersed in the medical system and now are having to really recover from their treatment. Um, Meg is really good at that, too. So her Facebook page where you can contact her, you can send her an email, or she'll even talk to you on the phone, and she's patient and wonderful about this. It is called Wisdom Within hyphen Meg Davis. I got that right, didn't I? <laughs> Perfect. All right. Did I leave anything out? I'll just throw in my email um, address so people can find me both ways. You can leave me a okay. message on the Facebook page. And you can email me directly at Davis at gmail.com and it really is a lot of people just love being able to work with people around the world we have people in Australia in Africa in Hawaii in Taiwan there's lots of amazing people around the globe which is thrilling that that's all the amazing countries we have Poland we have France we have Scotland um that are, okay, I get it, I'm listening, I get the nutrition piece, but I've also, up to this point, I've had these experiences. So how do I unravel out of the Western medical model and on to this? There's just a little gap. It doesn't take long, just a little gap to undo what was done and get on track for the new. So that's what I do is just sort of bridge that gap between Western and what we're doing now. And it's very simple. So nothing is too complicated or no question too small. So just let me know what's on your mind and we'll get that checked off your list. That's great, Meg. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And we have a couple of people who want to come and offer a contribution and talk to us about things, maybe do a a testimonial about their work and how 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 it's working for them. 
because this is really important. We need to know what's happening out there. How are you doing? Um, if you're using these uh, this information that we've put across, how is it affecting you? So we have I've promised that we would answer some phone calls before we begin our healing. And I think people are going to find these really interesting. So maybe you can introduce Eleonora. Oh, yes. And we have Cyril so, here, too. Mm-hmm. And we have Cyril, yeah. So Eleonora, John, I think if you are on the Facebook page, you have to know, I call her Ellie, quite well. And um, Eleonora, John, I get to claim, is my good friend because she only lives 45 minutes from me in Loganville, Georgia. So we have become fast friends. And we first met on the Facebook page, but then got to be very close friends when we both attended and drove together up to New York for the retreat in High Falls in August. And that's where we also got together um, with many other members of the Facebook page. It's like we had a reunion when we just physically saw each other for the first time because we were already so close on the Facebook page, and that's what it's like. Is you may never meet physically or meet yet, but yet you're family. And so Eleonora and I have continued a, a friendship and talk about all the messages together, and she is the number one and number two with Christine helping me with the Eating for Ascension food guide, which is coming mm-hmm. out very soon. She has masterfully put it together in ways that I just don't have words for how beautiful it looks. So she's taken my words, thrown together on a document, and put them into this beautiful e-book. So I'm so grateful for that. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) It's true group consciousness in action. And Christine Burke has taken the words and created amazing, amazing additions with her own work as an editor in um, previous times in this life. And it's just beautiful to see how your work can be made ten times more beautiful and accessible and readable and um, shareable with when you team up with other people um, to to work together. So very grateful there. But Eleonora called, uh, posted on Facebook page an article she read by Dr. McCola. And many of you who follow alternative health news and natural health news may may know of McCola. He's quite famous um, a strong advocate for unplugging from drugs and pharmacy. And she was so moved by this article, she just posted it right away and has the most amazing story. So I asked her to come on today's program to talk about sort of what she was moved by, I'm just going to open up her line, what she was moved by and also why she, why this is even a topic today is because of her article she posted and the and the discussion generated because of, of this article. So, hi, Ellie. Hi. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> hi, Meg. Hello. Oh, we're so oh. glad to hear your voice. Now, <laughs> tell us what do you have to tell us about? This oh my is- goodness, I am I am just completely thrilled. I'm over the moon happy 
that you guys decided to talk about this topic. <laughs> mm. Because this has, it has been on my mind and it has been like this little needle in my brain for the longest time about genetics. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why is because, you know, my mother, she had died of cancer. My sister ended up getting breast cancer. And so immediately, you know, the doctors are telling my sisters and, and you know, us, oh, this is something that is, is it's going to happen again because it's in the genetics, it's in the genes. And I'm saying to myself, I just don't, I'm not feeling that. I just can't believe that that is true, that this has to happen because it's in my genes or this is, you know, mm-hmm. because some, uh, quite a few people have gotten it in the family. So when I saw this article, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is it. This is what Catherine and Meg has been talking about, you know. It's going to totally get rid of that whole idea because it's like, it's almost like telling me, okay, regardless of the fact that you're going to be eating healthy or the fact that, you know, I'm raising my vibrations, I'm eating healthier, I'm giving my body and the cells the nutrition it needs so that it can fight off any and everything, that if it's in my genes, I'm still going to possibly get it. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like, oh, no, you're not pinning that on me. There's no way. Uh-uh. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> this cannot be true. So I am so looking forward to this talk. So it means a lot to me because it totally just, it's its going to break the myth. That's what it is. It's just a myth to me. It cannot be real. So now I get to, to hear from the experts. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, good. I'll, um, I'll add to that too, Eleonora. I, of course, have been working in the field of mental health for 40 years or more and constantly was being told by psychiatrists that, you know, this runs in the family, this person's going to be crazy because their parents are. Well, of course that's just ridiculous. We learn how to behave, how to eat from our parents. And we know that our culture is, A, crazy and malnourished because of the food we eat. So, of course, everyone's going to be crazy and get cancer. Mm -hmm. And then we can blame it on the genes. It's not because they're poisoning our environment. It's not because our food is hideous. It's not because we're being treated badly. It it must be the genes. Now nobody has to do anything to fix it except go to your doctor and get drugs. Mm. So that was the plan be- behind that idea. But it's so pervasive in the culture that scientists, have accepted this subliminal suggestion, really, and then go about looking for that answer, which, of course, is not science. Science is you look for everything and then and eliminate things that don't seem to go together or that don't seem to be true. Well, there is a fallacy in science that is so common and so well-known that you would think that scientists would get it, that this is what they're doing. It's the correlation fallacy. Mm. 
if two things happen at the same time, it does not mean that one caused the other. They just happen to occur simultaneously. And I, before I ever went to graduate school to learn statistics and and uh, research analysis, I had children. And I remember vividly a day when my son, who was about three, told me this in the most adamant terms. He heard the back door slam and the um, the grinder in the sink, you know, that thing. <laughs> I've never had one since. The, the, the thing disposal. that shot the disposal, right, where you put all your food into the water supply. So he heard the back door slam. Somebody came in. Oh, we just have it. We have an interference here. Maybe we need. Can you hear that? Uh huh. I can hear it. All right. Let's see if we close. No, it's gone now. Something on the call. A little cross wire there for a minute. Okay. So the back door slammed and the kitchen disposal turned on. And he said, "The back, the door slam made it." made the disposal go on. It made it go. That's how you turn it on. <laughs> so if you ever want to use the disposal, you have to slam the back door. <laughs> yes, that's right. And I just stood there in wonder, and I went, I'm going to remember this. I just It just hit me so hard. It was such a beautiful... <laughs> illustration of the correlation fallacy. <laughs> and I didn't even know what it was called then. But I went, <laughs> oh my gosh, look at that. Just because the door slammed, it doesn't mean that that's how you turn on the garbage disposal. <laughs> it turns out there was a an electrical you know, misfire. <laughs> so we had to fix the uh, the switch. <laughs> So that's what they're saying when they say Eleonora's mother had cancer, therefore she's going to have it. Well, what did Eleonora learn from her mother? Everything, right? How to feel about life, how to feel about yourself, how to take care of yourself or not, what to eat, what to like, what to value. We learn all those things from our parents, and all of those things are intimately connected with our health. So, yes, if your parents had cancer, there is a good chance you'll get it, but not because it's genetic. It's because it's a psychological implant. Not that you're going to get cancer, but that you're going to live a certain way. And when you live that way, it's very likely that you will end up with cancer. So even then, you know, there's no direct correlation. Just because you eat terrible food and smoke and 
there are a few people who manage to not get cancer. But we know that the link between bad food, sugar especially, toxins in the air, and um, toxins in our food are much more likely to be the source of cancer than a genetic predisposition. So maybe I'll do my finish my little introduction here, and then we can uh, discuss it some more. So when they talk about a genetic predisposition, they mean that there's something in your genes that's likely to turn on or activate, and that's going to bring about the end result. And when they find something where there's, you know, somebody has this gene and and they have this disease at the same time, and there are more people with this gene who have this disease than they, or this, this gene active, and they are a large group who have cancer, let's say, then they say, well, it must be the gene that's causing the cancer. Well, it's equally likely that the cancer caused the gene to activate. That's equally likely. So then we have to look for, okay, let's say that's just as likely to be the cause then what would make that gene activate? Toxins in the food, toxins in the water, toxins in the air, um, a state of um, an emotional state where you're always anxious or depressed. So then, from my point of view, it's even more likely that there is an activation process that happens in our bodies where certain conditions cause a gene to be turned on. And this is what a few scientists are finally looking at, that by eating in a certain way, you're likely to turn on a cancer cell. And you're likely to turn on the conditions that create that make it a perfect culture in your body for cancer cells to grow. So we don't know that that gene that gets turned on may actually be a healing effect. So you see they're using these gross, um, unanalyzed, in the sense of really thinking about what could cause what, So they're just taking these conditions and saying, well, obviously then this is what caused it. So this is not science. Just as that awful research that said, well, anybody who has this particular gene is going to be gay. Well, there is absolutely no proof. In fact, in the genetic research, there is actually no proof that any gene causes anything when it comes to behavior. So there is no gene that predicts that you're going to get upset if you come home and find your wife in bed with another man. (laughs) You know, there is no gene for that, for what you're going to do under 
really stressful circumstances because that's all learned. It's all a matter of how you're taught to manage yourself. So we're now going through a whole process of learning how to manage yourself in a healthier way. And given that we all have genes that can be turned on to create problems, we're just not going to do that. We're going to turn on the happy genes, the ones that help you to live to be 120, the ones that help you to feel good about life. And we're getting help from Creator. So all this, the plasma belt that we're going through, the powerful energy we've been going through now is electrically designed to turn on the genes that have been turned off for a while. And that's going to help us to evolve into crystalline bodies as opposed to the carbon-based. So that's the model we're talking about here. The environment helps to turn on or turn off our genes. And we're getting the lesson now that this is even, it's miraculous that it's even possible that going through a plasma belt can change us from carbon-based to crystalline-based. Wow. Well, clearly we're vulnerable to the environment and the feelings around us. So anytime you hear somebody say, oh, well, my mother was always depressed and that's why I'm depressed, you say, yeah, I can imagine. Must have been awful living with somebody who's depressed and you probably learned how to be depressed by the time you were one. Sometime when we have time, I'll describe a a research study that I was involved in years ago when I was a student. It was fascinating. It showed that there was a child we were studying who started out bright, cheerful, fabulous child who responded to everything around her. And by a year old, she was mimicking her mother. Her mother was very depressed. And by one year old, the child acted and looked as if she was depressed. Now, nothing... You know, she wasn't being abused, but she was around this mother who was in very low energy, very little vitality. So the child, by one year old, I'm underlining that, acted depressed. So she wasn't depressed at birth. She learned how to mimic her mother. Now, if you learned to do that by the time you were one year old, it was long before you had any choice about what kind of person you wanted to be, what kind of life you wanted to live, and how you wanted to think about life and think about yourself. So this is what we're talking about when we talk about, you know, there's no such thing as uh, simple genetic cause and effect for all these things. That's just a convenient 
um, way of covering it up, really, like the idea that autistic children are born that way. Well, ask parents. They know what their child was like when that child was born, and they know that there's something that happened. And it happens before the child can talk, and, you know, it's early on, so they're confused when they're told that this is genetic and it just happens at a certain age. You know, you just it, it just, like, comes online at a certain age, and that's why they're like this. And the same with schizophrenia. It's interesting that schizophrenia usually appears around, it's full-blown, around 19 years old. And that's exactly the time that most people are leaving home. And if you talk to people who are schizophrenic, there is always a terrible conflict about independence, about leaving parents. And when I worked in a mental hospital, I can tell you that the schizophrenic patients I had that I worked with had the most controlling, the most clinging parents I have ever met. So I'm not blaming anyone. It may be that if you have a child who's, you know, looking unsteady, that you learn to be very concerned and and try to protect them. But that response clearly doesn't help. And then the parent, the parent and the child become very enmeshed. So there are always these other things going on. And especially with I mean, what I've seen with schizophrenic children is that they're so sensitive and so tuned in to their environment that they're easily thrown off balance. And that's a challenge for any family. So I don't want to make it seem as this as if, you know, anyone who has a schizophrenic child caused it. That's not the case. We live in a culture, we live in a world that doesn't support sensitive people. And it doesn't support the parents of sensitive people. So everything that the that the establishment recommends is really the opposite of need, what needs to be done in most of these cases that we're talking about. So that's my that's my uh one of my favorite uh, bugaboos about the way the mental health system has worked. But it's all, as as you can see from the way we're talking about it, it is all so interconnected that you really can't separate out one thing and say this is what caused it. And certainly not the genetic cause, because that, if anything, should be so far down the list, it's maybe 10% of the cause or less. So take it away, Eleonora and Meg. Um, I'm sure you have more to say about this. Well, that is pretty much perfect, Catherine. And <laughs> I love talking to Meg. Yes. <laughs> It's almost like I'm finding things to say. All I can do is reinforce every single thing on my experience. 
and thank you. That was just a very easy to understand way of helping people understand. And I came across, this is a fun one for me too. So we've got the mm-hmm. same kind of thing. I ran across a book about epigenetics mm-hmm. about 12 years ago. Brilliant book called Genie in Your Genes. And it was what Eleanor experienced. Aha after aha after ha. I tore through the book in three days, and it was everything that I wanted to be about. It was Mm. addressing this, this hopelessness and this resignation that I, it wasn't that I particularly was experiencing it, but I felt it in my business. I felt it in my practice as a health educator that if people believe that they're fated to express something, Mm -hmm. whether it's mental and emotional problems or whether it's a physical illness, they are resigned. They're resigned to this inevitable thing. The life is sucked out of them because what happens is there's a past event and they jump over the only thing that's real, which is the present moment of choice, the powerful place of the now where you are connected with all that is, your creator, your higher self, everyone around you in this moment of choosing in your Mm -hmm. power and you thrust it into the future. Only place where we can actually make an impact on ourselves or the world is completely ignored in this genetic paradigm. And what I saw... Absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Yes. What I saw in my patients on the physical world was they come in and they would say, well, it runs in my family, just like you got, Catherine. Mm -hmm. And it's high blood pressure and it runs in my family. Mm -hmm. And it's cholesterol and all my... All my my parents had it, and their parents had it. And what that said on the other side is, I won't listen to a word you say because nothing will make a difference. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything. I'm not changing anything because it's just going to be the way it is. So it becomes the excuse, whether the person wanted it or not, it now is, for complete inactivity and sometimes then endangering engaging in very dangerous behavior. Uh-huh. And you could do bungee jumping, you could jump out of planes, you could drive your car 150 miles an hour, or you could eat fried foods like Elvis Presley and have fried banana sandwiches and deep-fried hoo-ha, or <laughs> drink yourself into oblivion, because who cares? It doesn't matter. I'm going to get it anyway. So not only does it 
impact a physical illness or a mental and emotional, it absolutely sucks the life out of you. If somebody yes. tells you, you don't matter, nothing you do matters, and you have no power to express or not express anything. I can't imagine a more life-killing thing to hear or be told. Um, there is, before I even knew, there's something inside me that said, like Ellie said, uh, 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 no way. That's not, can't possibly be true. And this book answered that. And when I saw not only the negative side, which is the science and the funding and where the money and big pharma come into contact with the research schools that are doing the work. Oh, right. I'm glad you mentioned that. Where you have the tobacco company funding genetic research to show that you have addiction that runs in the family to cigarettes. So now we don't have to worry about the 4,000 chemicals and formaldehyde in the cigarette. We can worry about what type of person you are and make it about you. So mm-hmm. if you begin smoking at 11, it's not because the cartoon ads of cigarette companies where the little camel was a cartoon trying to target children. It's about your addictive family. So you can't even quit if you wanted to. So mm-hmm. this predestination got me at the core of my humanity and when I read this, like Eleonora experienced, it was proof that my gut was right. When I saw the statistics and the research that you're saying, now research is showing there is nothing that is genetically expressed that's hereditary. Literally nothing. It is all your environment. Your well, except maybe the color of your eyes. No. <laughs> well, there are a few there's things, even even there's, that yes, mm-hmm. even that is shown to be adaptable in certain circumstances. They even went after that. Mm-hmm. And but yes. So this idea, especially this this groundbreaking, I'll just read one thing that mm-hmm. to me was the essence of of my work to give people hope about there is nothing your parents experience, maybe besides your eye color, that you can't either achieve in a good way. My mother lived to be 100. I had people say, oh, but that's never going to happen now. Or I'm going to die of something. Look at what's in my family. So it could go both ways. Mm -hmm. So here was an amazing study. It's in the chapter title was DNA is not your destiny which is pretty much the essence of what we're talking about. One of the first animal studies that demonstrated that an epigenetic signal can affect gene expression, and what they mean by that is do you you have a, a positive spirituality? Are you altruistic? Are you managing your stress? Do you have an attitude of positive expectations? Are you practicing meditation, positive 
visualizations. Those types of things are called epigenetic, meaning your environment is dictating genetic expression. Mm-hmm. While mice and humans are very different in size, they are very similar genetically. So mice are often used as subjects in laboratory experiments. In the early 1900s, research discovered that a gene that had long been known to affect fur color of mice, called the agnoti gene, was related to a human gene that expressed in cases of obesity and type 2 diabetes. As well as having yellow coats, the agnoti mice ate ravenously and they were subject to increased incidence of cancer and diabetes and tended to die early. When they produce offspring, the baby mice are just as prone to these conditions as their parents. So Dr. Randy Jertle at Duke University discovered that he could make these mice produce normal, slender, healthy babies. And he also discovered that he could accomplish this in one generation, not three or four like breeding it out of the parents. Mm -hmm. One generation, he changed this expression of this gene without making any changes to the mouse's DNA. And what he did was he began feeding the mother a diet rich in a food group known as methyl donors. Now, this group of food is broccoli, Brussels sprouts, dark leafy greens, toasted wheat germ, health food, healthy food from Mother Earth. He started feeding these mice these foods. And what happened is that the expression of their gene completely turned off in the children in in utero. So not wow. in utero. So then the baby born was half the size of the parent. And the parent, after time, became half its original size by losing weight. And so what they're showing is that food, a particular food group, which helps the cortisol levels of the body, the pancreatic function, and the liver function, which are broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, dark leafy greens, completely altered genetic expression in mice and, of course, therefore, with obesity, which is completely true. If somebody changes their diet, the diabetes disappears. Mm-hmm. So this That's brilliant. is a masterful, brilliant study. And they've also done, the book has tons more. One particular one that touched on your work, Catherine, that I found amazing is they talked about the link between, between childhood stress and adult disease percentages. Mm-hmm. And this touches on Sananda's discussion that he's always hinting us to to talk about is the cortisol and the fight-or-flight mechanism. Mm -hmm. And and when children are exposed to very, not not just arguing parents, but real stress that Catherine's experienced in seeing her patients, real dysfunction, alcoholism, abuse, mental and emotional illness and different things, and the child's cortisol and adrenaline is triggered 
in utero or soon after by a conflicting family life, that actually starts turning on genes for adult illness. Right. Now, what's wonderful about Now, arguing that, parents, actually, is very stressful for children. So let's yeah, not eliminate so anything. I didn't want people to be scared that they saw their parents fight three times and we're going to be in trouble. It has to be something, of course, you know, pretty significant. But the good news is that visual centering in Catherine's work turns off the genes and turns on the genes for longevity. Eating Mm -hmm. a nutritious diet solves the cortisol and adrenaline problem in the organs. It's a combination. It's not just one or the other. It's both. What's interesting is when you get visually centered, you choose differently because you love yourself. And it goes the other way. If you start loving yourself with better choices, you're going to want to seek out ways to clear childhood problems. And you would seek out visual centering or who needs light. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. It's all about loving. But nobody is going to engage in self-loving behavior and truly understand the power that they have in the now if they buy this load of crap that <laughs> this industry is trying to deal, which mm-hmm. only feed pharmaceutical companies and hopelessness, and it's done. That in no way fits in the model we have for fifth-dimensional living and the new golden age. Mm-hmm. It is an old paradigm, and it's done. And as soon as Ellie brought this forward, it flew throughout the grid. I know that every crystal grid worker out there felt it. It just was brought up to say it is done and there is no more hopelessness there is no more i can't change because mm-hmm. there's no nothing that can follow that that's true and at the heart of what this is talking about on a spiritual level and all the work that you bring through and your work happening with the masters and these messages is The only thing that dictates your expression of anything is your own vibration and your own ability to take hold of the thought forms that want to remove your power and correct the lie. Correct it. I don't care what color coat they're wearing. I don't care how many floors in the hospital they have. I don't care what billions of dollars a school gets and how many letters are after their name. Nothing, nothing anyone says to you changes the power you have to completely heal your body at every level. And this is what their messages are. This is how this story is done. It is done, Mm -hmm. it is done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you, Meg. Oh, that was just brilliant. Well, clearly we've been on the same page here for a long time, and we're just <laughs> bringing it all forth 
together, and I love that, um, that our work has has been so in line at, for so many years. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yes, and it really is fun. Eleanor is on the chat room. We we have the chat room open while we're while it, we're doing this um, conversation part of the show. We're going to let people talk to each other on the chat room. So I I don't feel any need to wrap up what we've said unless you want to put in one more. Um, no, we're good. We're I, the only I mean, other thing we had mentioned was Cyril. So, however you want to leave right, Cyril in right. before or after is up to you. Yeah. Well, I think now would be a good time to talk to Cyril. You mentioned early in the call um, how you were getting help and how Christine and Eleonora were helping you to um, to weave your manual your your book into mm-hmm. something really beautiful and how important that is and i got an email from cyril this week talking to me about how how he does the translations and he said am i doing this wrong there must be something i'm it's taking me so long to do them and he described the process and i laughed out loud because <laughs> What he described is exactly what happens to me. So I I asked him if he would come on and talk about his experience of creating these deliciously accurate and beautiful French translations. Cyril, are you there? Oui. Yes. Ah. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Bonsoir yeah. Catherine, bonsoir Meg, et bonsoir oh, Gabriella. Bonsoir. I, I wanted to say a little hello to Gabriella because she's been so supportive in every translation uh, I'm sending to her. So um, I wanted to send some uh, l- lots of love to her for all her, her support. Mm, thanks, uh, she's uh, listening. Ah uh, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> Another thing I want to uh, make a testimony is how Meg is working because uh, I sent her an email a few weeks ago and um, have already a good diet. And she said, "I'm going to give you only a few advice, and it's not not my diet uh, switch from a good diet to an exclusive diet." Uh, I saw something very funny. Even my hair. Um, you know, I'm close to 55, so I have some gray hair. They are growing dark again. Oh, my. Yes, and you know, the thing I have with my heart, and um, slowly, slowly, um, things are changing. And really, Meg, I love her very much because she's doing a great work. I love every suggestion, every teaching she gave us, and when she sent an email to you giving some tips and advice, it's like two pages, and it's amazing <laughs> because suddenly you see life in a different way. Oh, thank you, Cyril. Um, your heart, do you want to describe what the difficulty was and how it's how you're doing? Yeah, yes, yes, uh, yes, of course. Um as I told you previously, I born uh, with a hole in my heart when I was a mm-hmm. kid, and uh, they, um, I, I listened carefully what you say about the gene and when, how doctors can make you um, 
think that in the future it will be this way. So they told me that around 45, I should have another surgery. And of course, I had the surgery around 45. And um, uh, my heart went down to 42 um, pulse by minute. Mm. And um, I was, you can imagine, very exhausted. And uh, I couldn't do anything. Um, I was like starting to be depressed. And I didn't mm. want that. So um, um finally gave up and had the surgery to have a pacemaker. And uh, it was interesting because it looks like my body find his balance by himself. Because after a few um, months, I had a hyperthyroidism. So it makes my heart beating faster. And I had the feeling mm. that my body was trying to make the balance by himself. So right. I find it very crazy. So um, um, instead of, the, you know, they put a, uh, a battery in the pacemaker and they tell you it should last like six years. Mm -hmm. And mine lasts 10 years. And the doctor was almost mad to tell me, oh, your heart d doesn't use it anymore. <laughs> Yes, I, I could see it was very upset. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I have to laugh at that one. Let them be all upset. <laughs> I've heard that yes. kind of story before, yes. Oh, my. If I can well, make congratulations. A, a, I make my doctor sick instead of being myself sick. Anyway, um, <laughs> and a few years ago, I quit my job and then... Um, the battery was over, and then my heart started to have a, a little more problem, and then I decided that something was pushing me inside of me, that I don't want to, be, to have the surgery again to change the battery because I don't know what they're going to put in my chest. Mm -hmm. So when, when I heard Meg talking about that diet can include problems with heart disease, I choose to talk about it with her and you know some mornings I feel like it's like an, an intuition I feel my body and my heart is beating faster it's, it, it's amazing and, um, and I feel like um, I'm 15 years again and um, <laughs> it's yeah it's, you're it's getting a new stronger life. Yes. oh that's wonderful Oh, and that's the famous wonderful. breakfast with with um, quinoa, it's it's amazing. Yes. And another thing I'd, I'd like to uh, testimony, uh, it's uh, how Meg is writing his recommendation. She's like um, a sport coach. Instead of telling me, you should try to eat another way, she said, we, we should try to make your body be hungry more in the morning than at night. And you feel so supportive, Catherine. It's amazing. Oh, that's mm. wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, and thank you for that testimonial. That's even more than I expected. And you are going to talk to us about how you do the translations and what you've experienced doing that, too. Yes, yes. Um, um, how can I say that? Um, as you mentioned previously, that I was feeling uh, guilty that uh, 
it took me so much time, and I was wondering, uh, you know, I love so much your trans your messages that I want to to translate it in the same day. And um, first of all, the master told me it's not a case of emergency. You take all the time you need because the translation has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Then if you take three days to make it, it's okay. So I start working, you know, I do paragraph by paragraph, and then as you already aware, sometimes they are coming and say, oh, no, you should change it. And, um, <laughs> and then I even have a surprise when I finish the whole translation at the very end. I, I can't send it to Gabriela before rechecking everything and then had a nice surprise. I think it was Portia telling me, why did you change that word? You feel it very well at the beginning. Why did you have doubt? <laughs> and so, um, um, you know, when you told me yesterday you you will ask me to testimony, um, I spent I was awake at five a.m. this morning, and uh, Portia talked to me, and she was like giving me another lesson about translation. <laughs> and she told me, you know, every time you are blaming you. Every time you say you're not good, you are trying to make the translation with your brain. You're like forcing your brain. Mm-hmm. But you sh- what you should do is go down in your heart, open your chest, and so we can download all the words, the concepts in your language, and then you can do it properly. Oh. It- uh-huh. I was feeling like, um, I don't know, um, that we can channel with with our heart instead of our pineal gland. It's just, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, sometimes yeah. when the master is coming and then is, is helping me, because sometimes I'm hungry against me, and I'm angry against me, and then I'm blaming myself, and then the master is mm-hmm. coming, and, I, and he say, um, you should stop doing this. Because the more you try to force yourself, the less I can talk to you. Right. <laughs> yes. And um, um, what I felt is, um, you know, when I want to thank you for something, Catherine. You, your culture is so huge that I learn English every messages. I found lots of synonyms because, you know, in English, it's, you can reinforce by saying the same adjective in three times as a sentence, but in French, it can look boring. So I try to respect what you received and make it interesting to read for French readers. And I learned so many more words since I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I feel that too. 
And I, I can even tell you, some, sometimes I'm, I'm about to cry because I can feel they are so loving. Yes. And, and I, I want to talk about what can be a kind of sensitive subject is when people were doubting about the fact you were channeling Sananda, I can tell them that I have no doubt at all. Because when I'm translating his word, I know it's him. I can't tell you why, but I feel in all my body. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I can, I can feel the difference between Sananda and Portia. I love when Father God is coming because it's, it's really the Father, and he's, he's helping me in a translation like a, a Father will help you doing your homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yes. when it's Mother God, she's like, you know when the mother is coming at school and she's uh, picking her kid and she's like embracing you and if you feel like um, doing the job is like an honor. And what I felt at the beginning, um, I used to translate vocally during workshops, but uh, translating um, by writing was one of my biggest fears. Mm. And because of you, Catherine, and because the the, the, the masters, uh, I realized that we can go over our own limit and have a lot of fun, a lot of joy. I, I can't wait every morning that there's a new message and I can work again. Oh, oh, Cyril, thank you so much for telling us the story. It's so touching to me because it's so similar to what I feel okay. when I'm channeling. I like you, I can tell who it is. I know right away by the way they feel. Um, and there's just no mistaking who that is. Mm, so, I definitely yeah. agree. Hmm? And the funny thing is, uh, <clears throat> I just sent the, the last translation to Gabriela today, the, the one you sent us about wine and the penny from mm-hmm. heaven. And it was yes. the most challenging translation I had to do. Really? And it was like, yes, it was like teaching me again that you should trust yourself. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I'll have to go back and look at it, and I'd like to read your, your transcription because it's interesting to me why that one was so difficult, but... One is so powerful, and when you feel that energy, it's just uh, uh, once in a while he comes when I'm quiet, like when I just go to bed and I feel his energy. And the other day, I felt like I was being lifted right up off the bed. It was so intense. So there's no question that there's someone there, and that that you know that's who it is because the power of that energy is so fabulous. Oh, yes, it is. And and they have all a different way to support me translating. Hmm. All diff- doing it in a different way. One was coming, you know, like when you have a clothes and then you have a hood on the top of your sweatshirt. Uh-huh. So one was like coming, putting his energy around my shoulder and covering my head. Oh. Yeah. And the last thing I would like to say is, uh, if it's necessary, I would like to encourage any potential translator 
um, because um, you feel like giving a doing a favor to you or to the ascended master, and actually this is the, this is the opposite. It's I feel like receiving a workshop or training every time I'm translating because they're all teaching something dif- different. Mm-hmm. Like um, for a couple of times I couldn't translate anything, and then I sent an email to uh, Gabriela saying that I will translate some old ones. And I kept one of the Kutumi's messages, and um, mm-hmm. it was so funny. And Mother God did the same thing. You know, like when cats want, the, want to be caressed, when you stop caressing them and then they put their head under your hand and <laughs> yeah. pushing your hand so you restart caressing them. So they, they are doing the same thing. Come on, don't forget to translate this message. Oh, that's just lovely. I'm so glad you described this because this is just the, it's the same way I experience them. It's a gift to take these messages. Yes, it is. So if there's any potential translator and they are, you know, I'm not a professional translator. I, I do it because I enjoy it. And I receive so much. I'm very grateful. And I know that you ask Sananda approval, so... I have to share if it doesn't bother Meg that we had a conversation the other day and I said, I would like to translate some of your information into French. Mm. And then Meg told me, if Sananda trusts you, what should I do? <laughs> and then I realized that I shouldn't have doubt because Sananda said yes. Right. <laughs> so I bet Meg like, will what am say I yes to say? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of translators didn't understand this at first. He approved the translator, not not the translation. Mm-hmm. So once a person has been approved, that's it. You know, once once Sananda says yes, then we go with that person because like what you've described, your translations have to be wonderful because your heart is in it. You're really listening. You're looking at every word and feeling the meaning of it. And, of course, the translation's going to be beautiful, as they are. So thank you so much, Cyril, for coming. That was so rich. I had no idea you had so much to share with us. So, thank you. Much appreciated. You're very welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for all all the beautiful things you're sharing with us every call. Uh, My life has changed so much. I can't read anything else. I'm just focusing on reading what you send us and take the time to translate. And to add something to what Meg is telling us, the, mas- the masters told me, now you have to go to bed earlier and eat properly because you need energy to translate the right way. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so you're getting healthier all around. That's wonderful. Yes, I think so. <laughs> well, thank you, Cyril. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very and much. Yes. So we will keep in touch. 
Yeah, no problem. A bientôt. Ah, a bientôt. A bientôt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll close Cyril's line. And it's really getting late, so I think we probably should move on to our translation, uh, to our <laughs> to our <laughs> channeling uh, section of the show. And I know there are a couple of people left who wanted to speak. Well, maybe if we can do it in a minute or two. What do you think? Let's let the people yeah, let's who've been waiting. Yeah. Just ask them to to make it quick, okay? Yeah, just your name and where you're from and a quick question so we can get up to the ships. All right, I'm going to open up area code 206 ending in 0750. Come on. Are you there? I'm here. Uh-oh. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Your name, please. Can you hear me? Sorry about that. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> My hand wasn't Oh, hey, Christine. Oh, it's Hi. Christine. Sorry, guys. I, I don't know how that happened. Who pushed that button? <laughs> well, um, we just needed to hear your voice, so you just do your love <laughs> thing. I was just laughing my head off because I, I'm not even translating anything. I'm just transcribing, and I go through that whole process. Mm. So I was sure appreciating that share. But <laughs> oh, I love you guys. For I'm ready to go to the. Don't week. know yet. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Christine. I was just going to no. tell people for those people who don't know yet. Christine is going back, starting at the earliest message of the blog talk channeled um, the blog talk shows, and is transcribing the blog talk shows. So people can read the nutritional messages and read the channeled messages that come through Sunday and Wednesday, which is amazing. So here she is, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, and pulling in these messages. So I can only imagine the the um, transmissions that people must get, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, we get one transmission, but we these people who are translating and and Christine, who are going back over, and Eleonora is putting everything on a YouTube channel. Oh, we haven't mentioned that. I'll just really quickly mention that. Eleonora has created the the Dr. Catherine E. May YouTube channel within YouTube and is one by one posting all of the nutritional MP3s, which Cliff is pulling out of the Sunday calls and posting just the nutrition pieces, which today's will be too, and then also the blog talk calls and the messages. So look at this team. So oh, you can it's go to wonderful. YouTube and see these, and she's still loading it. But so she's having to listen to know where to stop and start, and so she's getting more transmission. So you know, I can only imagine. So. Thank you, Christine. This is making this available for people who maybe can't either either have Internet access or maybe can't listen to the call and, and can read these. And that's a different transmission. It's, they both work in brilliant ways. A long time ago, I received a request from someone who's deaf who has heard about the shows and really wanted to be able to hear them, but couldn't and at she asked for transcriptions and at last they're coming mm. so thank you dear so thank christine. you christine it's oh it's 
this tremendous pleasure and gift. <laughs> and I want to re- reiterate that as they are finished, they will each be posted on Healing for Ascension Tour Group uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And also on the website, right? And on the website, and yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I'm getting a nudge, too, to mention, because literally my hand wasn't up, so I'm giggling, chuckling over here, but I'm getting a nudge to mention um, we did a an RV currency exchange, just some simple, just a helper. Oh, um, right, yes. Yes, like a little helper booklet. And it's just... Oh, and it's uh, brilliant. Oh, wait till you see this. Picture. (laughs) Creator pushing the reset button. Oh, it's so fabulous. You've got everybody who's here, you've got to see this. (laughs) So that's on the Healing for Ascension tour page? It is. It is. And it's just meant to be just a help as we get so close to this blessing. And so we'll mention that real quick. I think that's why my hand was raised. <laughs> okay. Oh, somebody, somebody pressed so the one helpful. for you. Yes, we got a little help. Could... <laughs> uh-huh. Christine All has right. listened to hundreds of hours of Tony TNT, read all the blogs, listens to all Dinar recaps, has synthesized all of the intel and weaved out the best, most high-integrity pieces and brought it forward in a step-by-step plan that's so easy for people to navigate this um, this next step. So it's just a brilliant work, and it's so easy. It's six pages, and it's, it's just very straightforward. So Healing for Ascension Tool Group, and it's under Currency Exchange PDF, and just download that, and, and um, it'll walk you through all the steps. Thanks, Christine. Yes, thank you. Yes. I'll see you all yes. on the Arcturian Healing Ship. Okay, Thanks, wonderful. Christine. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, my. Okay, let's make this quick. We have two callers. Okay. We're going to open their lines. One is 520, and the other one is 210. So, Hello. Hi. Yes, 520. Come on. Meg, Cynthia. This will just take a, just a moment, uh, just so people will uh, can understand the history of our present-day medical system. Um, you know, which mm, is give, say your name, if you would. It's Cynthia. Cynthia, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I thought that was Cynthia. Okay, sure. go ahead. Sure, sure. Anyway, uh, in the, from the mid 20s to the 40s, uh, the powers that be that wanted to. Uh, go this way of pharmaceuticals and surgery, started funding, um, I guess, politicians in this country, and they made being uh, a homeopathic or a naturopath illegal. It was illegal. They closed all the schools down, and they made it a very elitist profession to become a doctor, and they only taught them what they wanted them to, to learn, and to practice to feed into their, um, well, into their, you know, into their money, you know, mm-hmm. to feed their, their company's pharmaceuticals more money and their type of schools more money, et cetera, et cetera. And that's just a, 
that's something that can be found in the Library of Congress, and I just wanted to share that because it's always interesting to know the history of how things were and how they got changed. Um, right. However they've gotten changed. But anyway, uh, and then people started doing that, and they kept realizing in the 50s and 60s that those ways were no longer, they really weren't working. So there were always fringe people going back to the natural ways. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Cynthia. That reminds me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a sentence to what you just said. There was a doctor named Max Gerson who came up with the first really rigorous cancer diet and had a uh, clinic in California, and he was the cause for having new laws written into the books in California that said a doctor cannot talk about nutrition to a cancer patient. It became against the law to even discuss nutrition with a cancer patient. Now, that isn't ridiculous, but he was also drummed out of the medical profession and finally um, left the States and went and started a, a clinic in Mexico. And there he had incredible results. And, of course, people only came to him when they were on their very last legs, and still he had a fabulous cure rate. So that was in the 50s. He wrote a book called um, 50 Cases, and he, he, he described 50 cases of people who were cured by his very rigorous juicing mm-hmm. um, and very careful diet and a very calm atmosphere, and he had amazing cures. Also, I want to add, that reminds me, Cynthia, I wanted to add something. There was an article recently um, that came through, having researched that Dr. McCola article. Um, there's another website, and I'm, I'm always forgetting the name of it, a um, lovely young guy who's bringing forth wonderful information about all of this. And he he gave a an article about a woman who was told she had stage 4 cancer. She began juicing carrot carrot juice. And she drank about a quart of carrot juice a day, and within 6 months she was completely cured. And they had told her get ready, you're terminal. This is the end of your life, you know. She went off the chemotherapy and started juicing instead. And now she's free of cancer. So that's one example. Of course, they'll, you know, the scientists will say, well, one example doesn't prove anything. Well, yes, it does. So, yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So, yeah, we can even regrow things that have been damaged, as someone on the, on the uh, chat is saying. So we have one other call here, and we'll ask them to be really quick. 210. Area code 210. Go ahead and give us your name and where you're calling from. Area code 210, ending in 2376. Okay. Hello? Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Just in time. Okay, we got you back. Hi. Hi, Sylvia in uh, Texas. 
Hi, Hi Sylvia. Sylvia. What's your, yeah, what's your quick question? My quick question is, what is your thought on all the uh, radioactive smart meters that all the utilities companies are insisting on putting out in the whole country? Yeah. It's causing radiation damage and causing cancer, uh, autism, uh, people with heart pacers have problems, uh, mostly affecting children a whole lot. Yeah, I think what's going to happen there is that there is going to be a real groundswell. It's already beginning. People who are Mm -hmm. fighting this, um, they're not going to get away with it, ultimately. They cannot insist that we have toxic things in our next to our house. So in the meantime, put up a pillar of light around yourself and your family. Make sure it covers the entire house and blocks the radiation. And at the same time, really improve your diet, your environment, everything you can do to build your immunity until we can get rid of these things. And you can protect yourself. Okay. With that free energy uh, patents all coming out, I mean, why would they be allowed to do this? (laughs) Why would they be allowed? They've just passed. um, The FDA has just made an agreement that a terrible toxic pesticide can be used in enormous amounts even though that particular pesticide has been shown to kill bees. Oh, my God. Yeah. So everybody needs to get active. Well, we have different graduates throughout the country that are trying to stop it, but some people haven't been educated, and they don't believe it. They think it's the same as using an iPhone. Yeah. Well, the more people get on board, the more signatures go to Congress, the more mm-hmm. it becomes clear to the politicians that we know. That has to get across, because if they think they're pulling the wool over our eyes and nobody's paying attention, they will go right ahead and do whatever they want. And there are wonderful organizations now that are really working hard to get these things across. So when you write to your congressman and there are a million petitions that congressman is going to think twice about his job. Uh-huh. And he's going to know that people are on to what they're doing. So, so that's the energy, first line. So our free energy is not just going to bust out very quickly in the next six months. I mean, we are doing grassroots and complaining to the attorney general on consumer complaints and so forth. Good. But that's Good. only a little these small town, I mean, we're not talking these big towns, these big San Antonio metropolitans, they're not even paying attention. Well, the more you, you know, get it out there to the public, the more people are going to catch on. Okay. There was someone in my local area that I met at the at the local food co-op, and she told me about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. And, and then I started getting the letters from these organizations so, by all means, get active. And if everybody on this call does so yes. and sends these petitions and letters to 
And, you know, there are a lot of times when you can call your congressman. If you call your congressman, congressman woman and make a, an, a complaint, they listen. They mm-hmm. keep track of those calls. Right. So go for it, everybody. Well, and, yes, we are going to have free energy, and then it will eliminate the whole thing. So you just need to protect yourself in the meantime. Okay, so use that pillar of light around the house. Yes, and keep doing it every day. Every day. Thank you, Catherine. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And I hope that everybody that's listening knows that this is affecting the whole country. Of course it is. Yeah, thanks for bringing that. All right, thank Thank you, Sylvia. Let's go to the ships. Let's talk to Sananda. All right. Yeah. We've given him an earful today, so I'm sure we have. He's well, ready he's for on <laughs> he's on the same page for sure. Um yes. and we have a couple of requests I'm just going to mention really quickly for Pamela and her daughters, uh Kyasha and Larusha. So they she's asking um for both her children who have now Meg, this is you're going to hear this list, and you're going to go, oh, boy. Problems concentrating at school. Headaches, uh, temper, skin allergies, and also peer pressure. And here's the other child. School, headaches, abdominal cramps, temper problems, skin allergies, peer pressure and influence, and mood swings. From Mm. Pamela. And I know you're going to see the link there. So, Pamela, listen to all these nutrition calls. And maybe she'd like to speak with you about this. Yeah, so, so Pamela, just mm-hmm. email me at the btwdavis at gmail.com, and we've got a lot to talk about that can help. So let me hear from you. Great. So here's one from Anna Elizabeth who wants to tell us feedback about the healing session from September 14th for her mother-in-law, Anna Elizabeth. And she said, I thank you warmly from the bottom of my heart. She felt our love and the healing energy. On Monday, she called her doctor to tell him that she'd stopped her chemotherapy. I know that her cure depends on her own will and on the plan of her higher self. Of course, there are contracts involved, but today what seems to me the most matter to matter is it to reassure her about her own death. So if she's afraid of that, yes, to reassure her about that. Um, and this is Jacques Charles who's, who's writing to us. I want to suggest that she get on carrot juicing right away. <laughs> And who knows? You know, maybe maybe she can pull herself out of that. So she's very, um, but she's very reassured either way by the healing energy and the love that she feels. Mm. So he, she she understands that she will never be alone and that she's loved and that there are beings who are accompanying her on this journey toward the light. So thank you, Jacques. Teresa says that seven years ago she became ill and lost 70% of her hair. Well, Teresa, if you're listening, you already know about the health 
and nutrition um, suggestions to help you. And also, she says she's prayed for herself and has begged for healing. And she's praying that her hair will grow back healthy. I'm grateful for your help and prayers. Now, Teresa, I have a little trick that I use. Whenever I ask for healing for myself, I always ask for healing for the planet and for others as well. I never just call up God and say, please heal me of this. I always first express gratitude to Mother Earth for the abundance that we have, for the all the um, the wonderful things that we have in our environment that can help us to heal. And then I ask for help for myself and for others. And when you do that, it creates a feeling of gratitude and you feel the love coming back to you immediately. And it lifts your own spirits and as, as well as helping others. So try that as well. So here's um, Maria Larson, who's asking for help for her father-in-law, Alan, and her daughter, Denise. Now, this fits right into what we were talking about before. She's from Sweden. She's asking for healing for mental illness, her father's mental illness, and for her daughters, her daughter, Denise, who is having eating disorders, and also very dark thoughts. And Maria says she can't reach either of them. Well, Maria, what you're describing is exactly what we were talking about earlier, that these kinds of things are psychologically genetic. And often you will see this pattern in families where a psychological problem skips a generation. And the one in the middle who might be the daughter, the mother, is experiencing it from both sides. And this is because these kinds of things tend to um, perpetuate themselves in families. So shake yourself out of the middle of it, and you will find that the two of them will learn by your example So instead of being worried about them, help them to understand that they can be free. And we will send, of course, love and healing energy. And here's from Hilco for his neighbor, Cor. Um, He was diagnosed yesterday with Kaler disease. I'm not familiar with what that is. So It's like a multiple melanoma. Oh, okay. All right, so we know what to aim at. So we'll send healing for core. And the last request is from Donna, Donna Montgomery, for her dog Jackson, who has been very much a part of our lives. Jackson was very ill earlier in the summer and managed to pull through. Um, But Donna says he's back in the hospital now, and she doesn't know if he'll be coming home. But... When we talked to Jackson in our prayers, it was very clear to me that Jackson heroically pulled himself back from his illness so that he could stay with Donna for a few more months because she really needed him. 
And Donna has been changing and growing and learning and doing such good work that I suspect that Jackson has seen that it's okay now for him to leave. So if that's the case, we wish him wings. And I hope Donna can make peace with that. If not, he'll probably rally again. But we don't want to. We don't want to cause our pets to linger on when they're really not comfortable anymore, and they don't have the same feelings about it that we do. They're perfectly happy to move on when it's time. So we'll send love and healing energy to Donna and Jackson. So they both can feel peaceful. All right, now let's go talk to Sananda and go to the Arcturian ships and get a big blast of healing energy. I think it was really a um, very instructive call, as people are saying on the um on the line, they're, they're saying they were really happy to hear this information. So sometimes it's not just a channeling show. Well, I hear that. I hear that uh, echo again. You hear that, Meg? I do. Nope. Now it's Is gone. It gone? Okay. Now it's gone. Okay. That was funny. Okay. So sometimes we have a crosswire. Let's, I'm just going to lean back and get comfortable, and my little Che is here on my lap, and we're going to call for Sananda. Okay, let's everybody sit back and relax and invite Sananda into your heart. Hello, beloved ones. What a wonderful time you've had. This has been so helpful for people. I can see the lights going on all around the globe as people put two and two together as you've helped them see the links, to see the truth about how tragic it is that you have been so misused and so misled about what health really is and how one gets there. I want to congratulate all of you on your hard work, on your efforts. It's so difficult to be the one in your culture who doesn't follow along, you know, who isn't believing everything that everyone else is believing It's hard for you, we know that. But you're leaders, and you are leading a change, a tremendous change. You notice how many things were linked, how many of the things you talked about are related one to the other. Of course, I agree entirely 
about your discussion about genetics. It's so crucial that people understand this. And thank you so much, Meg, for bringing up the hopelessness that this causes in people. It's so unfair, and it it tends to just pull the rug out from under people and make them feel helpless and hopeless, and that is not what we want for you. Nothing is hopeless. Dear ones, you have great power over everything that happens in your body. Yes, it's important to eliminate the toxins in your environment. And you do that by being active, by complaining. As long as people just suffer in silence, there will be no change. Now you're all beginning to wake up and march. And believe me, the politicians, the powers that be, are terrified of demonstrations. You see it. Look what's happening in Hong Kong. The people are courageous. They're insisting. Yes, they may negotiate, but they're not going to give up. They're not going to drop their cause. And the leaders are beginning to get that feeling, and it's making them desperate and panicky because all they know is suppression. Now, even good leaders, have to go through a period of change. You saw a very um, interesting and gradual process with our Putin. You know he came from the KGB. You know that he understood suppression very well. And of course he was tempted to use those tactics When you're trained in something all your life, it does become a reflex. And so unlearning what you've been taught takes time. What you see now is a different kind of man. And given his power, he's learning little by little to be very careful about what he does and what he says. Of course, he's gotten a bad rap recently. There are desperate things going on in the Ukraine, and they are not all his fault. The cabal is very active there, stirring up trouble. So what is a leader to do? It's the same with Obama. When the CIA developed, well, I'll give you the combination. It's the CIA, the secret CIA, the Israeli Mossad, and the Saudi Arabian um, CIA, basically. It's the same kind of thing. When they got together and dreamed up ISIS, it was a dark, dark plan to frighten and manipulate. And much of it, beloved ones, is theater. You may find out that there are actually 
10 people working for ISIS. And what they've done is to stir up enough trouble so they get some rabble-rousers to join them. But the core group is not dedicated, angry uh, people who are eager to take on everyone in sight. Not at all. Many of them are desperate people who joined up because they needed the money. And maybe the cause sounded appealing to them to fight for justice for their religious beliefs. Well, it turns out that that's not at all what it is. And then they're trapped. It is a very dark manipulation by a very few people. And it will not sustain itself. It's already on the outs, you might say. It's a good thing that groups of countries have come together to to help push them back. Sometimes it is necessary to defend yourself. It is not always an attack when troops are taken in to, to do something that will help the people who are being misused. There will be no ongoing war. As soon as the truth comes out about who these people really are, you will see. It will crumble. Now, I'm talking about these things because it's integral to what you're learning here. These are the ideas, the basis for the fear that you all learned from the moment of conception, not just the moment of birth. You have been bathed in an atmosphere of fear. Is it any wonder that so many of you learn to be anxious, to be worriers? Those days are very quickly coming to an end. So today when we go to the ships, come in celebration. Come in joy, knowing that these last uh, explosions here and there around the globe are just that, local troublemakers backed by the cabal members who have been brainwashed themselves into joining what they thought was going to be a good cause to protect their country, to protect their families, people who are vulnerable to the fear that they have instilled in everyone. And most of those assassins have been trained by being hideously abused. Send them your love. Send them your compassion and the wish that the spark of your love and compassion may ignite some life, some speck 
of connection to their humanity. For we are now in the last throes of what has been a monumental battle of good against evil. And now you're learning that you win the battle against evil not by fighting against it, by turning away. When you turn your back on darkness and go toward the light, you do not see darkness. Your heart lifts, your body feels more comfortable, and you begin to heal. Notice those who study the darkness, those who report, here's what this one is doing to abuse people, here's what that one is bringing forth, here's how you can be afraid. They are not happy people. They are not healthy people. Yes, we have told you what's going on in the world. We know it's there. Of course we do. This is an age-old problem, and it extends much further than you've known. We don't tell you all the details because we don't want to scare you. And the reason we don't tell you is because there's nothing you can do about it except to send love. And that's what we ask you to do. That's the most effective, most powerful thing you can do. You do not have to fill your basement with barrels of rice and bottled water. You need to open your heart. And when you do, you become a part of the group consciousness. And when you need something, you will ask for it, and it will come. You will have neighbors and friends, people around you who will be your support. That is how we save our world and how we save each other. So come with me, dear ones. Come to the ships. Let us go to our pillar of light. Bring your animals and come with your hearts filled with love and gratitude to our beautiful Mother Earth who provides everything we need in great abundance. Now, Come, take hands, make our circle. In the beautiful pillar of light that is filled with love, beaming down on us from source, from the center of the universe, breathe it in. Feel each other's presence. I loved the way you were talking earlier about how you feel us when we come to visit you and how you know it is us. It it brings tears to our eyes to know that you know us. We want that. 
because we know you and how lovely it is to have that reciprocated. It brings great joy. And of course, it's new for us to feel so many of you, so many of you opening your hearts and recognizing us and welcoming us and saying hello and telling us about your day. We love it. So with that in your heart, that feeling of joy and connection, come with me. We go into the pillar of light and we rise like a leaf on an updraft of warm air. Up, as we rise, you feel yourself changing in your mood, in your feelings. You're rising internally as well. And that is what we mean by ascension. Now, here we are. They open the doors and welcome us into the entryway. And then the great doors open to the beautiful, bright healing ship. Come, let us go. Each one who's here for healing Take your place in the circle. Those of you who are healers, come take your place around the outside of the circle where you do your magic of directing and organizing the energy. It is such a help. And now here are our friends, Mother and Father God are here. Creator is here. St. Germain and Lady Portia. Raphael. Michael. Many of the other angels are here. They love coming to these, these healing moments that are so filled with love and joy. We're all very fond of the Arcturians as well. They're kind, sweet, gentle people. And they have a special, special feeling for humanity. They have been through their own ascension process with their planet, and they know what you're going through. And so they're here to help you Brothers and sisters, they bring their wisdom and their knowledge and their lovely technologies that are so helpful. And so everyone takes their place. I will go around the inside of the group. I will come to your head and I will send a big blast of healing energy. And it only takes a moment. You'll feel it flow right through your body. I send you a lightning bolt of love. It is your work then to keep it, to raise your own vibration, to feel the sense of exhilaration 
and vitality that I'm sharing with you. I do not have to give you my energy. I send it directly from one through my body into my hands and directly to you. And all the healers who are here learn this well. You will not finish your day exhausted if you always keep yourself a little in the background and let the energy of great love and light flow through you. That's it. It's a very conscious awareness that you are the conduit. You are the one who brings the gift of God's love. And you who are receiving this gift, it is your responsibility to open your heart and welcome it. And when you do that, you will heal. And once you have healed, you will be a powerful healer yourself because you will have learned it. We pass it on, don't we? And once you have felt the exhilaration, the thrill of healing in this powerful love and light energy, you will know, this is for me. And I want other people to experience this wonderful feeling as well. And so I go around the group. Catherine will follow me. Her higher self works with me all the time. She will help you to hold the energy, absorb it. Digest it into your system so it becomes who you are. Of course, it will have your signature. You're just using my energy as the model for how you can create this in yourself. And so I send you each love from the deepest part of my heart and from Creator. Receive our blessings. Know that you are loved. We care for you like mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, because we are that. We love to see you heal and grow. We enjoy seeing you happy. We want that for the human race. It has been our plan together, you and I, all along, that you would come here and do this arduous work of fending off the ones who wish to promote the illusion of darkness. 
I want to underline that for you once more. There is no thing that is darkness. It is only an illusion. When you believe in darkness, you will feel it. You will see it. It will be a part of your life. People who believe there is a boogeyman under their bed are terrified to go to bed. Never mind that you tell them a thousand times there's no such thing as the boogeyman. They will insist to you that they're afraid to go to bed. They're afraid to close their eyes because they think they're going to be overtaken by something dark. That is nothing more than a belief, a fantasy. Do not be swept away in your own fantasies. Well, they're not even your own. They're the fantasies of the dark ones. They have been omnipresent in your environment. They have telepathically transmitted those ideas. And then when they had the technology and the expertise, they have bombarded you day and night through the media and uh, every sort of media to get you to believe it. The dark ones, beloved ones, the masters who, well, I shouldn't call them masters, the leaders, who were in charge of these dark purposes have been taken away. The instigators, the powerful ones. What is left? Are there slaves? The ones who were brainwashed and trained to carry their message. But it is nothing but a message. It has no truth. It has no substance. It is just a myth. And the myth is that evil is power. Look at that. You see it everywhere in your culture, don't you? Be afraid. And then your heart starts to pump your adrenaline flows, your hormones are thrown all off balance, and your poor body suffers, is is bathed in adrenaline and other and cortisol and other hormones. It disrupts your blood pressure. It throws your heartbeat off. It creates high levels of cholesterol. Yes, that's how you achieve high cholesterol. Now instead, breathe. Deep, comforting, sweet breaths. The air of the present day, which is filled with hope, drenched in love 
and will help to heal and comfort you every moment. Ah, this is what you need, isn't it? This is really what all humans need now. Comfort. Companionship. Reassurance and love. I assure you, beloved ones, I have worked on this project since the beginning of planet Earth. You are the ones who agreed to come with me, to work with me day by day, lifetime after lifetime, until it was done. And here we are at the end of that phase. There was no dark to defeat, and yet we have triumphed. We have triumphed over the brainwashing. We've triumphed over the propaganda and the lies, the manipulations and the deceit. Hold your heads high, dear ones. Feel the gratitude and the love that we feel for you. You have been courageous in more ways than you know. And we see you continue to be courageous because that's what you're made of. Do not allow anyone or anything to discourage you. No, not now. Not when we're at the last moments. Coming through the doorway into the light. Completely into the light. Ah, you'll feel it. You'll feel the exhilaration, the celebration. We will dance. We will sing. We will celebrate freedom. Now, I haven't described the Arcturians and their technologies, but many of you are familiar their healing wands can, a, can go to any place on your body and nullify the disease that is feeding on darkness, feeding on any worry you feel, any sugar that you eat. If you change those two things, dear ones, you will add a decade to your life. And the longer you do that, the more decades you add. Breathe freedom. Feel the loving presence of the beautiful Arcturians who tend to all of you with such affection and empathy 
They understand your plight. They see you as injured warriors, those who are wearing the scars of this difficult life you've lived. And they wish to help you heal. Their technology is lovely, but it is the love that comes with it that makes it so powerful. Next time, when we have more time, I'll tell you about how their technologies work. For now, we have gone around the circle, visited with every one of you. I send you one more blast of my healing energy. And my dear friends are here and they accompany me and we all send you like an orchestra playing together. We ask the healers around the outside of the circle to join with us to send a huge vortex of energy to clear away all dark illness, all disease, all thought of sickness. Feel it. It's clearing. It's being like a a cyclone taken away. And now we ask the Arcturians to bring in their beautiful blue and silver light. Let it pour down over you, through you. Everything washed away all impurities gone out into the atmosphere where it can be reabsorbed and used for something better. Your energy, beloved ones, is your own. As long as you breathe, you are in command of your own body and your own health. As long as the heart beats in this body you were given, you can recover. You feel better already, I can tell. Now keep that, keep that feeling of joy and wonder Take it with you. And now, up. Up. Out of your beds. Come on, everyone. Hug your neighbor. Here's one dancing a jig. (laughs) Come, let us go back to the ante room. Gather your animals and your pets. We'll go to to the entryway where... The masters and the healers and those who've just been healed will all join together in a great circle. And we're going to send a blast of healing energy to the earth, to Mother Earth herself, and to every being, every conscious being on the planet, the trees, the flowers, the rocks, the animals, 
every human being, no matter who they are, no matter where they are. Send them such a blast of love and light. If they are carrying a gun, they will drop it. If they are in the middle of an argument, they will stop and look, truly look at the person in front of them. And if they are happy, they will feel the joy running over. Now count downward from three to one and we'll send it together. Three, two, one, blast. Woo, there it goes. Look, the grid lights up. People who were nodding off are coming suddenly awake. Ah, yes, right into their hearts. Right into the heart of Mother Tara, our beloved, brilliant, beautiful planet. She feels your love. It strengthens her. It gives her joy. And now the joy bubbles up, covers the planet, You see, there are fewer places now when we do this. There are fewer places that are truly dark. Little pockets are all that's left. And then there's the the shadows wafting around the planet where everyone's talking about the darkness and how dangerous and powerful it is. Blow that away. Just blow it away. That's it. Right from your heart. And for you, let one pour down the love and the light through your crown chakra into your body. And then you are filled with light and you have plenty to share. That is how we heal others is by having plenty to share. And now we go together. Join hands, come back to our pillar of light where we float back down to the place we started. Never to be the same again. Keep this connection to me to each other. Keep it alive in your heart. Feel it every moment of every day and you will never be alone. You cannot be alone because we are always with you. The golden thread that connects us weaves and interweaves like a beautiful tapestry 
and we each hold a crucial thread that makes up that wondrous tapestry that is life. Breathe. That's it. You see how your heart is expanding. It's getting larger with much more capacity. That is what happens when you love. The more you love, the better you feel. The better you feel, the more you love. And let yourself be a part of that love too. For that is the solid foundation that makes for a happy life. And now, we shall end this show, but we will not end our connection with one another. And so, I send you kisses all around. Embrace every one of you. And send you great love. Namaste, everyone. I am your Sananda. I do love Sananda kisses. <laughs> they are extra sweet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Thank you, Catherine. That was lovely. Oh, my God. Oh, and thank you all for being here. What a delight. So thanks, everyone, on the chat room. They're sharing information with each other. Um, thanking Kier for her transcriptions as well. And so from now on, we'll have the chat room on. So at the beginning and at the end, you can connect with one another. And one has asked me that I put on his song again and that you have it so you can listen to those wonderful words in the beginning that are Mm. just so priceless and so apt for this time right now. All right, so we will say so long to everyone, and we'll we'll talk to you again Wednesday night, knowing that wonderful things are happening in the world. Yes. Okay, here we go. Bye, Catherine. Bye, Meg. Mm-hmm. Bye, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. A long time ago, a million years BC, the best things in life were absolutely free. But no one appreciated a sky that was always blue, and no one congratulated a moon that was always new. Oh, it was planned that they would vanish now and then. 
And you must pay before you get them back again. That's what storms were made for. And you shouldn't be afraid for. Every time it rains, and it's from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains and is from heaven? You'll find your fortune fallen all over town. Be sure that your umbrella is upside down. Sunshine flowers. If you want the things you love, you must have showers. So when you hear it thunder, don't run under a tree. There'll be pennies from heaven for you. is no longer being recorded.